0: Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. I have a wonderful guest tonight. I'm so, so excited that she's here with us ladies and gentlemen, we have Karen Drucker with us tonight. Um, Karen's message is all about healing and love, whether singing one of her positive message songs or sharing stories that are funny, inspiring, and heart opening. She's a keynote speaker, women's retreat facilitator, and entertainer who has recorded 20 CDs of her inspirational music. Karen is also the author of the best-selling book, Let Go of the Shore, Songs and Stories to Set the Spirit Free. Her chants and songs are used around Around the world and often help people deal with illness and loss and help them feel the need to feel more centered for the day. Karen's intention is to make a difference by using her music to open hearts and share a message of hope, acceptance, and love. So let me bring her right on. Hello, hey. Karen.
1: <laughs> Hi. I'm How are so you? impressed with you already. I got to tell you. Oh, I, I am. I'm just. I mean, you just got this really b- wonderful way of presenting. But also, you are like me, where it's like you just said before we started that it's like in the pandemic, what am I going to do? And you yeah. created something. And the fact that you're doing these summits and you're bringing so many singers together, and having um, a forum and and be able to have dialogue and to have support, yay! I toast to you.
0: Oh, Karen, thank you so much. Really? That means so much coming from you. I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's true.
0: But thank you also for being here with us tonight and taking the time to do this. I know that you are a very busy lady. Um, I, we touched briefly on the fact that I became acquainted with your music probably five years ago because I began working uh, with these uh, Centers for Spiritual Living and Unity Centers and your music is very well loved in that community. And uh, if if you're any part of one of those groups, you know, Karen's music. And so I've just um, grown to love your music so much. I, I can't I've sung countless songs that you've done and have loved every one of them. And they are all very, very meaningful. And I, as I, you know, look out at our congregations, I see how meaningful it is to everyone else. So Aww. you definitely are making a very big difference.
1: Well, thank you. I'm complete. Thanks so much for having me. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's really sweet of you. And I love, I would
0: love to hear you sing some of my songs that must be, you must, oh, yeah. you
1: must kill them. So.
0: Oh, all right. I'd love to do that. Well, So why don't we just dive right in? Let's dive. Uh, Speaking of, you know, coming up with things during the pandemic, you know, as singers, things just er, came to a crashing halt for all of us. Um, What was that experience like for you? And how has it been coming back from that?
1: Let me tell you, let me get a glass of wine and a cigarette. Let me tell you my whole story. (laughs) So I have to tell you, here's here's the story. So I love what I do. I mean, I'm very blessed. I've been doing this for a thousand years. Very blessed that before the pandemic happened, I was on the road. I'm, you know, doing, I'm speaking at all these churches. I'm singing, I'm doing concerts and women's retreats and blah, blah, blah. And I'm on the road all the time. And I start to really listen to myself, get up there and tell these women about self care and you have to really know what your heart is feeling. And all that. and all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I am completely burnt out. I'm mm-hmm. just exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so I literally in March of 2020 said, okay, God, I need just a couple of weeks to figure out, just to stop the train, just to figure out what, you know, what is next because something needs to change. And then, so I am fully responsible for all of this. So you can all blame me. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, it's like when that happened, I had a year's worth, I mean, I'm one of these very organized types. And so all of my hotels, my flights, my cars mm. rented, I mean, everything for like the entire year is handled. And this happened and I freaked out because it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do for a living? I mean, this is what I do. Yeah. And it was really interesting. Uh a friend of mine said this pandemic is going to cure you of your technophobia, because what mm. was apparent to me was what we we're doing right now. It was right. I was starting to after a couple of weeks of everyone kind of going, oh, my God, what's happening? I started to get calls about can you do a concert, you know, online? And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> and I remember I got I, I luckily my husband is a musician. He's a guitar player and a bass player, and he he's an engineer as well. So he takes it on himself. Like he's going to show me, you know, he's going to get the sound thing together online. And so we get everything set up. This was a centers for spiritual living had, they started off having these monthly concerts for all the different musicians that are in this world. You know, we all started doing concerts. So the first concert I did, I swear to God, my heart was beating so hard. I was like, I have not been this nervous. (laughs) Yeah since like in my 20s you know i mean i just was so freaked out about how how do you do this and how do you relate to a camera like that and how do you because mm-hmm. i mean my i would say one of my strengths is reading a room mm-hmm. you know i just yeah. know how to whether it's a, a private party or you know a women's retreat i know what is needed and i can feel what song should be next how do you do that online yeah so anyway, I make this set list, I do it, we're off and running, I'm going, oh my God, this is working. You know, and I'm doing my little concert and at the very end, I never knew how you end it. And so at the end here, I've done this whole concert, thank you all very much for coming. And then you see me going up to the screen going, how do you How do you stop it? Oh my God, I love it. You
0: know, I look like
1: such a geek, I'm such a geek. And I'm like for five minutes and my, my husband goes, oh, just put your hand over the thing so people don't see you guys. How do you-? <laughs> but what happened was, I have to say, you know, if I'm going to be really honest, this was like, I mean, as much as this was devastating and I went through depressions, I went through all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it was really a miracle for me because it made me stop. Mm-hmm. It just made me stop and go deeper in to say, what really floats your boat? What do you mm-hmm. really want to do? And and to just have that quiet time and rest time. And um, from that place, it was like rising from the ashes from that place, I started to do concerts. I started to do um, women's groups. I mean, I even, the first thing I did was I asked like 10 of my girlfriends, would you be my guinea pigs and let me try a woman's group with mm-hmm. you and just see if I screw up, I'm among friends and people aren't paying me. And I started to learn how to do this. And what happened for me was the world opened up because all of a sudden I'm doing women's classes, I'm doing concerts, I'm doing house concerts mm-hmm. where people would hire me to come online and they'd invite 20 of their friends, and you know, we'd have this party. And what was amazing to me was how I could still read the energy. Mm, I mean, you say, how do you great. you know how do you read the room? Well, I could still read it this way. And mm-hmm. what was really amazing was all of a sudden now I've got people coming to my concerts or retreat or whatever that are all around the country that those people couldn't have come to be at one of my retreats. You know, yeah. maybe they had kids or a job or whatever. Yeah, I even had one time where someone said, oh, well, we use your songs in our meditation class. Would you mind coming on and just singing a couple songs? And I'm like, sure. You know, it was five o'clock at night. It's like, okay, sure. I log on, I hit the thing. There's nine, no, what was it? It was like a thousand people in India. Wow. And they're all singing my songs. I'm like, how do you people know? Wow. You know, so it just showed me that there's such a bigger world out there that this medium can give us. And I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Wow. So now
1: it's a balance of, you know, doing, doing both.
0: Yeah. God, that makes me want to cry because it makes me think back to the first couple months of interviews that I started doing in 2020 and just hearing this, the devastating stories and the sadness and the depression and then, um, you know, coming, you know, almost three years down the road now and hearing so many beautiful stories of recovery and like you've just described, having a whole new world opened up to you, you know, that you never even knew was possible for you. And I just, um, I think it's just such a beautiful thing to, to recognize, you know, all of the blessings and the gifts that did come out of that. There have
1: been a lot of blessings for, for a lot of people. And, You know, one of the things you just mentioned, the depression, it's like one of the things I talk about in in my retreats a lot is to allow whatever feelings come up, just just, you know, because if you stuff them down, it's like stuffing down beach balls in a pool, you know, they're all popping up and you're trying to stuff them all down. Mm -hmm. And when I allowed myself to just really feel it Mm -hmm. and and let go of the the idea of what that year was going to be. you know, it was really hard. I really, because ha- I even had my very first international, re- I was going to England. I was so excited to go to England Aww. and that got canceled. And so each thing was a grief
0: mm-hmm. and
1: each thing I had to allow the grief to come up of, this is no longer, mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, um, you know, and rebuild from that. And I, you know, to be really honest, I went through a huge depression around, um my mantra at that time, believe it or not, here I am little Affirmations of the world, <laughs> why bother? Why should I bother mm-hmm. writing songs mm-hmm. if I'm not gonna be performing? Why should I bother recording my songs if people aren't buying CDs anymore? You yeah. know, I mean, that's been my living for many years is, mm-hmm. you know, I would play at these churches and they wouldn't necessarily pay a lot but the back of the room would, you know, yeah. my, all my, I mean, I'm up to actually to 21 CDs. Now I'd have all of my CDs. I'd have my little merchandise and that's what would make my living. And so now, you know, with all of this happening and people aren't really buying CDs anymore, it's like, I just thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm done. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what I was supposed to do it was just that much. And I really sunk into that place of like, well, you know that was fun, and what what's next? And but I really just you know got into this depression. But I was very lucky because I had a friend of mine, a songwriter, who you know we were commiserating one day about this, and he said, "This is my friend Gary Lynn Floyd, if you don't know him, yes. a wonderful <laughs> singer-songwriter." He goes, "Well, why don't we just start on Zoom? Why don't we just write a song today with no um, no idea of it needs to be recorded." or produced or performed. We just write a song just to write a song. Mm. And I realized I was in such a habit for so many years of everything that I did was always with an outcome of something. Mm. If I'm going to write a song, Oh, it's going on this album. Oh, if I'm going to write a song, it's for, to match this message of this church that I'm going to be talking, you know, whatever. Yeah. And just to write a song. And so we started to just have a, an every Tuesday at 11 o'clock, Let's just get together, you know. Mm-hmm. And all we do is just commiserate about how we're feeling and whatever. But what happened from that organic place of no expectations? Mm-hmm. That that was amazing because no expectations of what it was supposed to be, and we started writing these really cool songs. And from that place, all of a sudden, I just got you know what? This is what I love to do, yeah. even if no one hears it. I just Love having my brain chewing on a song all week long. Like, what's mm-hmm. that next lyric gonna be? And it revived that creative spark in me. And so what happened was we just wrote a ton, and then it was like, you know what? I don't know what this is gonna look like. I don't know how it's gonna be, but I'm gonna record some of these things. And I mm-hmm. recorded some some of this stuff, with again, with no idea of like, you know, am I making a CD? Am I whatever? But I just put it out on my website and I wound up making like a hundred CDs as opposed to what we've all done before a thousand. Mm-hmm. Like the Costco toilet paper, God forbid the right. <laughs> skate. And so anyway, I made just a hundred CDs, but I started putting it out and people are buying it and I'm just enjoying it. So I'm, you know, I'm doing it again, I'm doing another another CD. And what was hysterical to me was because we couldn't have anyone come in, mm-hmm. my husband, who's a great player. He's a wonderful player. He, he got this, um, program called, I don't know what it's called background backup singers. Mm-hmm. And he programmed them to be going, whoa, you know, <laughs> wow. So, so some of these songs that are on this last album of mine are, I called them, you know, I, I named them all these, you know, Shalita buffet and <laughs> you know, all these names and called them the Druckettes and there they are singing away for me, but now at least we can do it live. So I'm very happy.
0: That is but so yeah, I
1: mean, you just gotta just see what's happening and just go with what's in front of you and say you know what what sparks your joy
0: mhm mm-hmm. that what a great opportunity just to like return back to that almost like childlike awe and and pure creativity that we all start with as you know musicians and singers going into this business. there was something that just was so naturally driven with us within us, you know, to do this. And then as you become more established and more professional in your career, it becomes very transactional, you know, not completely. You, we all still love, you know, what it is that we're doing, but, but it's a job. It's a job. I mean, right. once
1: someone came up to me once after I, I, for many years, I made my living doing private parties in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And, you know, when someone came up and said, do you get paid for this? I was like, <laughs> well, yeah. Goes, but, you look like you're having so much fun, Mm -hmm. really, you get paid. And I was thinking, well, that's what makes me a professional, because on days when I just do not Mm want to be doing this, I would rather be home, you know, reading a book or something like that, I'm going to go out there and look like I'm having the time of my life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but I'm going to always look like I am, because, you know, that's my job. That's right. (laughs) So when, when did you get into music? How old were you when you started to actually make a living doing it?
0: Well, I mean, I started out as a kid singing in church, uh, but I think probably into my early teens, I went on a, a TV show and then I, that I think that that was kind of my first affirming experience that like, wow, I could actually maybe do something with this and then just jumped into any and everything Anything. that I possibly could. Do you, you remember know? that
1: moment when it was like, oh my God, maybe I could actually do this? I mean, I can mm-hmm. still even remember where I was when I had that thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And I think a, a big part of that experience for me too was going to a concert. Um, and it, it certainly hadn't been my first concert, but one that moved me so much because I felt so connected to the singers and the music on stage that like burning desire within me was like, I have to do this. I want to be on that stage right now. You know, how do I get an audition for this group? But just, you know, that definitely lit my fire for sure. it's
1: burning. I mean, I remember that same thing, that burning desire. It's like, I just, I I mean, I can like tap into it right now, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, I just wanted to just do anything on stage, you know, just be, be there, be in all that. Yeah. And it's true, you know, as you go on and I've been doing this a really long time you know, it just, it changes. But I think that the one thing, cause I know that you talk to a lot of singers about making a living at it. Mm-hmm. To me, what it's about is that you have to have that burn. You yeah. have to have that desire. Because if, if if you don't have that, if someone's saying, well, gee, what happens if I'm not, you know, if I can't really make it, you know, it's like, you just, it's like, there's no, there was no option for me. No, I mean, no plan B. I I had wait tables <laughs> and I was a house cleaner, I mean, I did everything possible just to make the rent so that I could sing at some cabaret club in San Francisco for $50 a night.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whatever I needed to do. And again, that's why I admire what you're doing because it's like when I, when I was young and I didn't have anything going on, I mean, I remember this first club that I tried to get a gig at, they said, well, we're not going to hire you until you have a name. And of course Mm -hmm. I said, well, how do I get a name? And they said, well, you know, that's your problem. You know, you have (laughs) to be able to get a name. So I really took that like, okay, well, what, you know, what can I do? And Mm -hmm. I did everything that I could do to, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I mean, when I look back on all the kind of chutzpah things that I did, you know, I, I went up to some of the bands that I admired Mm -hmm. and I said, can I be your opening act for free? You know, just to, just again, to get that name and I started because I was friends with a few different bands that were playing all around the Bay Area. They were really popular. I'm saying I'll do this and I was really compatible with what they were doing. And they knew me. It's Mm -hmm. like, what a a perk for them that they have an opening act. I'm getting exposure and now I'm playing at all the clubs that I wanted to play at Mm -hmm. and the owners are seeing me, but I'm coming in on their, you know. On their bill yeah and so when i was able to come back six months later you know i was able to play there because now yeah. i did have you know a little bit more of a name but That's you know brilliant. i remember even going to a restaurant and saying i see you have a piano there do you have music i'm like <laughs> no said so, well can i play for dinner you know and see if people liked having having music mm-hmm. and so i would do that and wound up you know getting a job that way i mean it's like whatever i could do
0: mm-hmm yeah, do you do you look back and feel grateful for that almost like naivete at the time and the gall to go out and do stuff because years down the road being in ensembles you know what it's like for someone to approach you like that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm so I, grateful. I, I'm amazed at myself. No, know. I was.
1: I just was like, I just I. I don't know. Well, here, that's the name of your thing. Unstoppable. Right. I I was just unstoppable. If you're going to tell me no, fine. That means I'm not supposed to be there. I'm supposed to go over here. Right. You know, so I just did whatever I had to do. And I was thrilled to be like cleaning houses during the day, you know, so that I just Mm -hmm. kept myself open for anything that was going to happen at night. I mean, I just did whatever I had to do Yeah. to the point of, I remember when I got my first apartment and I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to pay the rent? And someone called me and said, and said, do you teach guitar lessons? And I'm like, I don't play the guitar. It's like, yes, sure. I, I teach oh guitar God. lessons. <laughs> you want to come tomorrow? And what I would do literally would learn, I would learn two chords every week. And I'd come in and go, and I would find all the songs that have two chords, you know, and teach, oh you know, God. and teach these lessons, mm-hmm. you know, and make a living. And I started doing piano lessons and just like whatever I could do. But it just cracked me up. Do you teach guitar? Uh, yeah, sure. No problem.
0: I love that <laughs> so much. I love you, Karen. That is that is the unstoppable spirit that it I is. am it's just like so have. about. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what we gotta have. And I just you know, the one thing I've always said, I mean it's really interesting, Daniel. I feel like I you're you're now my best friend. It's just you're so sweet. <laughs> But I just, I've always said about myself that there are so many singers that are so much better than me. I mean, I I had, you know, some of the people singing backup for me Mm -hmm. could sing circles around me. Mm -hmm. And, but I would always look at that and say, you know, I might not have their voice Mm -hmm. and that amount of talent, but this part of what we're talking about is just that I would go out and get the gig. I would be the one getting the gigs. So that's why I was out front. And a lot of the people that I've seen that have been really great singers I think because they got so much acknowledgement of how great they were, that maybe that fire wasn't quite as burning. Right. And I always would feel like I I felt like and I'm not putting people down for this at all. But it just would be like I would see them waiting for the phone to ring. Mm hmm. And I think that there's some part of me that just always felt like if I don't go out there and create it, that phone's not gonna ring. Yeah, you know, but they would be kind of like, I'm really great. Why isn't the phone ringing? Yeah. And I think that that's one thing about when we look at unstoppable, that's really what it is. It's like, how can you think outside the box Mm -hmm. of what everybody else is doing, you know, and create your own, well, I love this expression, create the stand on the piece of real estate that is your own.
0: Mm. You know, stand on that that place where
1: this is what you do. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it took me many years to get to this, Place of feeling that because mm-hmm. I was trying to do the typical singer songwriter route and wearing pink spandex mini dresses and yes, you know, <laughs> God knows what I did. But you know, and, and I was because I grew up in Hollywood, so I, you know, I was doing that whole thing, trying to get a record deal and all that. And I just think it's amazing how life works of the zigzag path that my life took. That led me to the music that I'm doing today, which is what I'm supposed to be doing. I wasn't yeah. supposed to do that other thing.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. I, it makes me think um, about the fact that you know when we when we do get that initial spark or that you know drive to get into this, we usually are trying to model ourselves after some image you know that has been portrayed to us of the business, and and we're motivated to like attain that image, right? But we as we get into it, we're discovering these supposed shortcomings, you know, that we have that don't match or don't meet the standards of that image. Right. And I've always, I, I just remember for so many years asking like, God, why, why would you give me this voice and this drive to be in this business yet, yet make me so flawed in this area, in this area, in this area, you know, uh, you know, why would you do that to me? Right. But now, so many years down the road, I think it's exactly what you're saying: is those were the things that kept you motivated and let you know psychologically, this is not going to be handed to you. You're going to have to work extra hard because you know um, it, it. There, there. Are, well, I would think we all realize they're not shortcomings now. <laughs> down the road, at the time we didn't know that, but uh, you know, those were the things that really drove us, and then ultimately kind of became what is signature to us and really Isn't what defined amazing? us I, you know
1: sometimes in my women's retreats i have people bring a picture of themselves when they were younger and mm-hmm. do the exercise of like what would you say to her what would she say to you mm. and you know when you look at that picture it's like i look back on you know my little hot pink spandex mini dress with my stilettos and i just think you know and she's trying so hard i can mm-hmm. just feel like she's trying so hard And, you know, I just it's like maybe this comes with getting older, that I just feel like everything is in divine right order. Yeah. You know, I really believe that, that it's like, had I. I mean, it's you know, it's that thing of regrets in your life. You know, you think about, oh, should I have done this? Should I have stayed in Hollywood? Should I have, you know, and I just truly believe in that. I don't know, maybe that's the spiritual part of me, that I just feel that everything works in some weird divine right order, that you meet someone, that you know that someone plops in your life that leads you in a whole different direction than you ever thought. Yeah. Do you do you know about my Carol King connection? Do you know that?
0: Story? No, no, tell me.
1: So, here I am. So, I'm, you know, a total when I so I went to Hollywood High like totally. and um i'm growing up in hollywood and again you know it's uh, that those images that you're talking about Mm -hmm. it's like everyone had long blonde straight hair and they're tan and gorgeous and skinny and here i am with you know this and curly hair and and so i'm you know i'm straightening my hair i've got acne and braces i'm just a drip (laughs) But around that time, around when I'm like 15 years old, I lived in Laurel Canyon in Hollywood.
0: Wow. And
1: that's where all the rock stars lived. Mm -hmm. And who moves in on my street but Carol King. Oh, my gosh. And she moves in with her two older daughters, and she just had a new baby. And I was the resident babysitter for everyone on the street. Oh, my gosh. So I, in my typical chutzpah way, (laughs) I just march on down knock on the door and go, hi there. I babysit for all the kids. I understand you have a kid. Do you want me to babysit? And
0: she's oh like, yeah,
1: God. I'd love to. Cause she had a live-in nanny, but she needed Sundays off. So I was Sunday and Sunday turned into, you know, more. And she then had another baby and I, she became my everything. I was like her her substitute older daughter because at that time Louise her oldest daughter was in a really rebellious stage and I'm like the perfect little (laughs) girl so and I looked so much like her that people would always just think I was her oldest daughter and she took me to her hairdresser to get my hair cut like this and uh you know gave me her funky muslin clothes and You know, I mean, she was just like my second mom, but the thing that was amazing was she knew I wanted to do music, but I had no talent. I had no, I mean, I was a swimmer. I swam four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours at night. I mean, I was training for the Olympics. That's all I knew. But one day I come home from school and in my bedroom is her piano. No. Yes. So she was remodeling. I'm dying right now. So she was remodeling her Uh, her recording studio in her house and needed to store her piano for a while while they were remodeling. She knew I wanted to do music and she arranged it with my mom. I came home. Here's her piano in my bedroom. And that is what is known as spirit going, you're going this direction. (laughs) And I just must have played for hours and hours and hours every day. I just was so motivated to learn how to play piano and I couldn't sing my way out of a paper bag. I was terrible. And she said to me, because I think I mentioned this to her one day, she said, here's a quote. If you sing your own songs, if you write your own songs, it doesn't matter how you sing. She said, look at me, look at Bob Dylan. So I went, oh, there's a decision I've I've made. So I became a songwriter who sings my own songs. And to this day, I'll be really honest with you and say, that's probably my, um, if I was to be super honest, like my insecurity is I always feel like I don't ever think of myself as a singer, mm. you know, cause I just, to, I mean, when I was doing private parties and I'm, you know, in some sequin dress singing, you know, as time goes by or whatever, right. I could never feel that that was really me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm singing one of my own songs and I'm singing a song, especially about, Healing, and I know that someone who's going through cancer is listening to that that's what that's what makes me feel in alignment yeah. but I just i the motivation i mean I used to cut all my classes at Hollywood high and just go to the piano room and just for hours play mm-hmm. and teach myself how to play chords. I still can't read music for beans, but i I play chord charts, you know yeah. great, but isn't that amazing I mean that was like divine intervention, because if that didn't happen in my life, I don't think I'd be doing music because I had no other means to do it. I mean, I didn't I didn't come from a musical family. I didn't have support around being a musician, but that's what changed my life.
0: Karen, that is one of the best stories I think I have ever, ever heard. <laughs> that is
1: incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wild, talk about it? a divine intervention there. Yeah. So I I went on
1: tour with her. I would be there, you know, I'd take care of the kids backstage and, you know, James and Carly would come over and I'd babysit their kids. I mean, it was wild. And that went on through, you know, high school. And then I went away to college and she moved away and, you know, life moved on. But I mean, you can hear, if you listen to my piano playing, you can definitely hear her style in me. Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I would listen to her records and try and, you know, uh, I feel the earth, you know,
0: so. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm like, I am, I seriously was dying inside when you were telling me <laughs> that story. It's incredible. But so I would imagine, like, like you said, a lot of your music is probably very heavily influenced, uh, by her and, and, you know, yeah. other artists during that time period as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I, it really gave me permission to be a songwriter. You know? yeah. And I I just played it. Oh, my God. I played it every open mic night you could do. And mm. well, here's a great story. I'll, can I tell you another story? Yes. I love my stories. They're so they're so fun because it, it truly happened. So this is this is what I this is what I look back on this little person. I got to say, I just go, oh, God bless your little sweetheart. So when I first started um being a performer you know this is this is in high school i mean i'm just doing all the you know whatever thing i could do at hollywood high getting up on stage and again i'm not i'm pretty terrible actually but i'm singing my little songs And <laughs> but the troubadour do you know the troubadour nightclub yes, in uh-huh. l.a so the troubadour used to have i don't know if they still have it but back then when i was 17 years old 16 17 they would have open mic. Well, no, they wouldn't have an open mic night. They would have a performer on Monday nights, but they would have two people doing a 15 minute slot before that person. Mm-hmm. So in in order to be that to get that little open open slot, they would come out at six o'clock and whoever was lined up. That's who gets, you know, that's who would get the spot. And so what happened through the years is it got to a point where if they were coming out at six o'clock to take the signups, People got savvy, went, oh, if I got here at five o'clock, or if I Mm -hmm. got here at four o'clock, or if I got here at three o'clock. And what happened by the time I was doing it, if you didn't get there at eight o'clock in the morning, you wouldn't get your slot. So it became, it was hysterical. I would do this like almost every week. It became this thing of hanging out on Santa Monica Boulevard outside of the Troubadour all day long. And it became this... It was kind of like survivor of musicians it's like who's going to make it through the day because some people would drop out like this is ridiculous i'm i'm better than this and they'd walk off and it's like oh good now i'm number two <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. you didn't know how many people they were going to take if it was going to be one or three and so you would wait all day long and people then would bring their guitars we're singing songs we're eating lunch together i mean it was just this hangout and i just remember the very first time i made it on that stage and they said mm-hmm. yeah you know you made it you know you're number two you can do it running home, taking a shower, coming back. And I had my 15 minutes of, you know, fame on the Troubadour stage. And it was so exciting. And yeah. that's what every single week would make me go and sit in that, st- you know, you sit on the pavement all day long. Yeah. But again, it's that burning desire that I just, I wanted to do it. I wanted to learn. I mean, that was what it was really motivated. It wasn't like being a star. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was so interested in learning to get better yeah I'm still doing that
0: yeah oh man that's, that's so inspiring you know i I would imagine having uh with your longevity in the in this career, having seen the industry change so much you know over the years, coming from that position where you you had to be first in line at eight o'clock in the morning to get the opportunities, the opportunities must have felt. Few and far between, you know, or like, you know, you had to just work harder than everybody, and then, you know, as as you go into the industry too, you you begin to realize, well, I'm going to have to get a major record deal, you know, and and that's even harder to do. What what do you think now? Fast forward to today, where we now have the internet, where the playing field essentially has been leveled, and the opportunity is. Uh, it's limitless, you know, yeah. to be honest, you, you don't really need to have a record deal at this point. It's just, um, do you think that it's easier for artists or do you think it's just hard in a different way?
1: Great question. Well, you know, I think it's all, hmm, how do I answer that? I think it's so interesting. It's also relative because, you know, when I was in my 20, was I in my 20? I guess I was probably in my 20s. And there was a woman, Diane Rappaport, who wrote the first book called How to Make and Sell Your Own CDs. Mm-hmm. And I and she was in my area. And mm-hmm. I remember, God bless her, I, I was at an event that she was at. And I literally went into the bathroom. I followed her into the bathroom and said, can I just work for you? <laughs> I'm not this obnoxious really. I to tell you these stories, it's like, I think, oh my God. Who no, I absolutely love I it. I just think that I just was like, you know, I just went in and said, do you need someone to help you in your office? Cause I would love to do that. And it's like, she paid me, you know, so little, but I learned how, I mean, that's what her book was. It was the first book on how do you make your own record. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, I learned, you know, I was with her, you know, hearing this. And then I went, I was an assistant to another person that was really big in the new age world and i was her assistant you know seeing how she sent out cds and did all this stuff and so again it was just this learning process and so i think that the fact that it's changed so much that now it's just you're right level playing field it's totally different i feel like it's it's the exact same thing it's like well we could all bitch, or i'll speak for myself i could bitch about how you know it's not the same anymore and you know But I mean, that's what people were saying when I was doing private parties. I did Mm -hmm. private parties. That's how I made my living for years. I mean, I was in a band. I had a band all the way up to a big band that I would lead. And when, when jobs started to, to go to DJs and all the musicians were just grumbling or whatever, I just thought like, well, this is another example of you could just keep fighting reality or realize that, you know, things are changing. I don't yeah. really want to be singing, I can't even name like a really current song right now, but it's like, you know, I don't want to be singing that stuff. It's time for me to, to regroup. So it feels to me, it's the same thing here that I feel like I'm back at square one mm. of just saying, how do I do this? How do I, you know, what are all the different platforms I'm supposed to be on to stream and, and how do you market? and You know, so now that I've met you, it's like, I want to, I want to learn from more of the people. I want to listen to more of these, these things that you do to, to Mm -hmm. hear from people what they're doing because I feel like I'm back at 21 years old going, how do I do this? I had no idea back then, but somehow I figured it out. Mm -hmm. So I feel it's the same thing now with, um, you know, with all of this, it's like, I don't want to stop recording and, and writing songs. I want to keep doing it because there's more for me to say.
0: Yeah. And yes. how it
1: gets out into the world. I, you know, I, I have, I want to have more knowledge. I see that I need to do that. I mean, I have a YouTube channel and you know, all that stuff. I want to learn how to do use Spotify more. And you know, it's like, I have, I mean, my, one of my songs just hit 2 million, uh, straight. And that's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. what happens if I actually start to learn more mm. how to do that? Right. So I'm, I'm completely in that teach me, teach mm. me mode.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's incredible. It, just in the 39 minutes that you and I have been talking, it is abundantly clear to me why you have had such a wonderful long career. Oh. I mean, it's, and, and you're, you know, you are still, you know, at just, I mean, uh, you're you're one of the most popular artists that I know in that genre and and you know your music is just so well loved and um I just love your spirit and and how you're driven and how you how you maintain that perspective and I think that's so important for all the singers listening to hear is to just keep that spirit of newness and being new at this and not allowing yourself to get drawn too much into that. Like I've made it. I, I know what I'm doing now. I, I, oh you know, I, I have a lot you of experience. Know, that, that
1: feels like death to me yeah. to get to a point where you're just going, Oh, I've made it. I'm, I'm here. You know, that's it. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's what, and now here, here, this is the spiritual part of me that I just really feel that spirit gives you this, whatever it is, that is, is yours. And you have to keep, it's like an onion where you just keep peeling layers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, so I mentioned being, you know, a private party singer. I did that for years, but there came a time where it got so painful for me Mm -hmm. because I'm up there singing evergreen and, you know. New York, New York, Mm -hmm. and I'm selling it, you know, and, and I'm making a real, I'm making a good living. I mean, I was, you know, I was a, I had a band, you know, and I kept them employed, but I got to a point where my spirit was starting to die inside because I kept saying, there was this voice that kept saying, there's something more. And I had no idea what it was. Yeah. And I remember going into the bathroom on some of these gigs and just crying mm, because mm-hmm. going, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. I don't know where, you know, where, where to go. It wasn't like there was a playbook that I could just turn the next chapter and it says, oh, now this is what you do. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but I just had this, this feeling. And it's different than drive. Because we've been talking about that hustle drive. Right, This right. was different. This was like something else needs to be expressed. And I don't know what it's almost Mm -hmm. like you just feel like there's this, this birthing happening in you and you have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to keep trusting and going deeper in my soul to just keep saying, what is it? And I wrote a song called I feel the call of something more. I feel the call to be someone I've never been before. I feel the call of something more. And it's asking me, what have I what am I here for? Mm. And I kept just saying, what am I here for? And it just became this, this thing of, of realizing that I needed to be moving in a different direction. And that's a lot of what the book that you mentioned is called let go of the shore. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so the, the chorus to that song goes, let go of the shore, um, wait, let go of the shore and let the, uh, let the water carry me, let go of the shore float into the mystery. Who wants to float into the mystery but that's what it was mm-hmm. is floating into the mystery and just saying okay i don't know but show me mm-hmm. and pretty soon you know over the course of time things started to shift in a different way where i got a call one day to um to sing at a new thought church and i didn't even know what new thought was or right. churches or i don't do church i was at that time, I was singing private parties, but I was mainly singing in blues and jazz bars. You know, Blues bars were <laughs> like my thing. I love to sing blues. And I started singing at these churches and people were listening. And, they, and I started to write songs to match the minister's message. And for so long, it, it was like I, I was really enjoying that. But here's the, here's the thing I want to just make a point of, that things can be great you know, you're doing your thing, but at a certain point, if you get to a point where you just feel like there's like this little feeling in your stomach, like it's like in your gut, there's something more to just keep analyzing that and trusting that. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, sometimes I think spirit kind of comes in and just kind of does a little tap going, you know, you might want to think about this. You (laughs) might want to think about, you know, maybe this, (laughs) maybe this, (laughs) probably that. And you know, I got to a point where just singing in church and just doing two or three songs Mm -hmm. all of a sudden wasn't enough. Mm. Now I felt like there was more of me to express and so I started doing talks. And from that, you know, growing being a speaker and then adding my music to that. And then going well, wait, I have even more to say, you know, what about if I do a workshop and what about if I, if I now take that workshop and turn it into a two or three day retreat and you know, it became this thing It it was never like the plan was laid out. Yeah. Everything kept being like that onion. It just kept being revealed. Yeah. Like really, I'm supposed to be a speaker. You're kidding. I don't know how <laughs> to do that, but that's what is the motivation now, the drive. Is different than that drive that I had when I was younger to just do music. The drive mm-hmm. now is to just express who I am, and when I'm not doing that, I can feel it. I can feel that like if I'm like being in a box mm-hmm. like if i you know if someone just wants me to sing one song somewhere and it's just like you know you're part of this thing and it's just a it's like I can feel that it's like well that's that wasn't quite what you know how I want to express,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think
1: that's real important for all of us to just keep saying, am I expressing who I am to a hundred percent? And when you're not, don't freak out. Just really start to look at, well, what, what am I being called? What else would feel like it's more expression of who Mm -hmm. I am?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love stories that, Kind of lay out that how uh, a, a, seed is planted a seed is planted somewhere yes. in a very small, just seemingly insignificant part of the road, right? Yeah, and just how one thing leads to another, to another, to another. From I mean, that, it could be how, a book
1: that falls off a shelf. Yeah, you know, I mean, it mm-hmm. could be meeting someone randomly that you know or or that you 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 reconnect with someone you haven't seen in years and it's like that leads you to something else i mean Mm -hmm. i actually the book thing is really an interesting story i literally had a book fall off a shelf when i was at a bookstore and Mm -hmm. i picked it up and it was like oh this is interesting and this led me on a whole other path for years of this one author was saying like I mean, I read her book because she I it just seemed interesting. It was called Inner Peace for Busy Women. It's like, oh, I could, I could use that. <laughs> and everything she was saying were like song titles of mine. Mm. And so I contacted her and said, you know, could you know, do you want to use any of my songs? And I mean, I've done this with so many authors, and that led to years of working with some of these incredible new thought authors like Joan Borsenko and Alan Cohen and Donna Eden, I mean, all these people who've got huge platforms, but I became their musician, because I came to them saying, I think we line up here, you know, do you do you want to use my music? And, you know, it just wound up to be that they would start to use me, you know, maybe at first for free, but then going, well, this is working for me too, you know, so it's creative, you know, that's what I think, even just telling you these stories, it's reminding me of... I think the bottom line of maybe all of the things I'm saying tonight to you are, is that we create our reality. We create what it is that we want to do. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, sometimes things plop in our laps and that's fabulous, but it probably plops because you created somehow the, the space for it to come.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've allowed it. You've allowed yeah. it. Oh my gosh. I am. I'm so fired up right now. You are so inspiring. I just, I love your story so much. I know that I am not the only one too. We have Shelly's in the comments saying she needed to hear this conversation today. And I'm so glad you're with us, Shelly. I can't wait to have you on this show. We've already planted that seed. <laughs> yeah. And Anne has been joining us and Nelson also, thank you all for jumping into the comments. Good to see you here. Um, so Karen, oh my God, I, I know you are, you've got so many more stories. I know that. And I just, I, I'd love to hear, um, some more at another time. Uh, but I want to make sure that we talk about your, uh, retreats and what you have coming up.
1: Okay so the best thing to do actually is for anyone who's interested in anything i'm doing uh is just go to my website just karendrucker.com and sign up on my email list because i send out a little blog every month with a free song and then i uh, i announce usually what my retreats are and you know i have a few online women's it's pretty much women's stuff i have been doing a few co-ed but i i just really i like being with women it's really fun Mm um (laughs) we go we go deep really fast And so I have one happening uh, in October up at Alderbrook Resort and Spa. And it's and, you know, I've gotten to a point, it's really interesting, too. I've gotten to a point after being online like this that I really love smaller groups. I Mm. really love just intimate, you know, all the women's things that I do online now, like I'll do one in the fall. I don't have the date set yet, so that's why I say sign up on my newsletter. But like I'm doing one called Fun in the Deep End, and that'll be in the, in the probably in September. And I just find that when when it's smaller, it's just so much sweeter. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to do, I mean, even online, I learned how to, you know, have a hundred people. And it's just like, you know, that, it, it, I think one of my favorite exercises is to look at everything you're doing and say, is that it or not it? You know, is, does this light me up? Does this dim me down? Does this give me yeah. energy? Does this suck my energy? And I realized with the big, with the really big events, it's like, yeah, I could do that. But when it was just 20 or 25 people, I just, I got so much out of it. So a lot of my things now are just a lot smaller and sweeter.
0: Yeah. 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 I love that. I would love to sign up for one of your retreats. And I'm I'd sure a lot of those listening would too. So like Karen said, go to karendrucker.com um, and she's going to have all of those events, uh, future events coming up listed. So, um, it's important that you get on her email list so that you, um, can stay up to date on everything that she's doing. And Karen, where's the best place for everybody to listen to your music? Where can they find you?
1: Well, I, I always say to people just whenever you can go to an artist's website and mm-hmm. you know buy anything from them, that's the, the millionth of a thousandth of a penny that we're going to get, we're going to get a little bit more if you, if you buy stuff off of our own websites. But I'm on, you know, Spotify and Pandora. I have a YouTube channel if you want to sign up for my YouTube channel. Um, so some of my videos. And and actually, so one of the things that I've done um, ever since the pandemic, I've done a thing called Second Sunday Sacred Sing at 6. So the second Sunday of every month, I've done a free chanting thing wow. for an hour. And so I'm, I'm taking the summer off, but I'll start again in the fall. I've been doing this for two years. And it's just an opportunity to just do what we're just be in that place of i mean i truly believe that when we sing together we connect and that's what we need so much of right now mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that i love to do and and to teach uh how to write your own song or how to write your own chant workshops all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so um yeah i just love doing that's, all this stuff
0: that's great and i just want to thank you too for all the beautiful music that you have contributed to this community. I I have seen, like I said, I have used, um, so many of your songs in, in countless, uh, services. And I've been able to see with my own eyes, the way it lights people up, the way it draws people together, the way it touches people, your melodies are just enchanting. I love how Easily accessible. You've made your music too. Like you have so many of your great chants that you you know you provide a lyric for. You provide the you know chords and and everything. And um, uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. And my um, pleasure.
1: I didn't write this music to be you know sitting in my garage with you know CDs. It's like I. Right. I want to put it out there. So anybody who wants to use my music, yeah, I have tracks for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's like, I just want it out in the world. And I just think we just need as much positive message music as we can. And you know, let me do another plug for something else, yeah. which is um, I'm part of a whole group. And I wonder if you are part of this too, is Empower Music. Do you know about them?
0: Uh, the Empowered Singers? No, so this. Oh, okay. To, let me mm. tell you.
1: So anyone who does this kind of, music, you know, positive message music, mm-hmm. we are all part of this um, organization called Empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R-M-A, musicandarts.com. And if you go to their website, you'll see all of the musicians, just like me, who are doing this, who are oh, doing yes, this kind yes. of specific I music. I know exactly. Yeah. And so every year we have this thing called the Posy Awards, the POSI mm-hmm. Conference. And so that's going to be in September at Unity Village. And it's a week-long I don't know, weeks, five days, I guess, just immersed in, in music. I mean, songwriting classes, I'm going to teach, I think, three classes, concerts every night. I mean, everything to do with, with music and songwriting. So I invite your listeners to check that out because it's just, it's a, it's a whole other world that I would have never even known about. Mm -hmm. When someone first said to me, you know, you could actually like start playing some churches you know and there were other churches other than the little one that I was, you know, playing at. I had no idea. And I've been making a living at this now for about 20 years. I yeah. could I could work every weekend because there's so many there's, you know, centers for spiritual living churches, unity churches and then all the other miscellaneous churches. There's a huge world out there of places that you can sing at that want your music. So Yeah,
0: right. And it's a very positive and affirming world too. Oh god, uh,
1: yes, it feels
0: great. Yeah. So if you need a space like this, this may be something you want to investigate. And Anne was kind enough to add the uh, link for uh, uh, the Empower group. Thank you so much for that. Oh, yes. And Pogue. Thank you very much, Anne. Yeah. Well, I want to respect your time, Karen. Uh, Thank you so much again for doing this. I sincerely hope that our paths cross again soon. I'd love to meet you in person. I would love to meet you
1: in person. I just feel like, you know, you're like a new friend. So I would love to, I'd love to, yeah, come down to San Diego. I haven't been down there for a long time. So
0: thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with the Unstoppable Singer and get all the the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.